Welcome to the Painesville Assembly of God podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this ministry to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending us an email at info at Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. So today I want to get right into the message and, uh, and, uh, and just kind of get right into where we are uh, in, in Hebrews chapter 11 today. That's where we are. And uh, so if you have a copy of God's Word, you can turn there. That's where we're going to be for the next couple of weeks here as we continue the series we're calling By Faith. We're in part three today. And again, the reason we're calling it By Faith is in this one chapter, there's over 17 times where they use the word, the little phrase, by faith is used. By faith, it says Abel. We talked about Abel last week, and we talked about how Abel, by faith, gave his best and gave the first of his offering. He came before the Lord, and he wanted to give his best to God, and he wanted to give the first, and he gave what God required. He didn't give God whatever he decided he wanted to give, but he looked, and he said, what honors God? What does God request? What does God desire of me? And that is what I'm going to bring and offer to the Lord because God is deserving of my best and God is deserving of my first. Amen? And it also says, by faith, Enoch. We're going to look at him today. And by faith, Abraham. And on and on and on and on and on. And just for a review, Hebrews 11.1 gives us the concept or definition of faith when it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And as we talked about, faith is the substance It's not a feeling, it's not a hope against the wind, it's not an emotion, it's based on something or someone. It's based on substance. And your faith, no matter what you put it in, is only as good as the substance to which you choose to trust. And for the Christian, our faith is in Jesus Christ, our our, our faith is in the God of the Bible and in His Word. That's the substance of our faith. So simply this, faith is simply like acting like God is telling the truth. That's what faith is. It's simply acting like God is telling the truth. Acting. Faith is measured by your feet, not your feelings. By your life, not your lips. Faith is measured by what you do, not by what you say. The Bible calls it walking by faith, not talking by faith. Come on now, right? And that's what we're going to talk about today. What does it mean to walk by faith? What is this walking by faith all about? The second illustration that we see of faith that we're looking at today is a guy by the name of Enoch. And we find Enoch in the Old Testament. Before we get into that, Hebrews 11:5 says, By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Now, there are only two people mentioned in scripture that we know of that were ever taken and did not experience physical death on this earth. There are two. The first is Enoch and the other that we have is Elijah. Enoch and Elijah. But today we're going to learn about Enoch and to do that we got to go all the way back to the book of Genesis and we're going to take a look at Genesis chapter 5. So we're going to flip back and forth between Hebrews 11 and, and, and Genesis chapter 5. 
And in Genesis chapter 5, it's mainly a, a, a genealogy. It's mainly that this person begot this person, and this person lived this many days, and then they died, and this person lived here, and when they were this age, they begot this person, they had this person, this son, and then, and then after that, they lived this many days, and they died. That's primarily what we're talking about. We're looking at a line that, that, that in, Hebrews, or in Genesis chapter 5, the line comes, that's tracing the line from Adam through his son Seth. So you remember, last week we talked about two sons, Cain and Abel, right? Cain and Abel. And, and what happened to Abel? Well, Abel offered that sacrifice that God desired, and his brother just offered whatever he wanted. God didn't accept Cain's offering, but accepted Abel. And Cain got jealous. He was really mad at God, but when you're mad at God, you take your anger out on others. Okay, that's just an extra. All right, when you're really mad at God, because your worship ain't right, that's what we talked about last week, when your worship ain't right... Then you're anger, and then you're, you're depressed, and when you're angry and depressed and you're really mad at God, you take it out on others rather than God, right? And that's what Cain did. He killed his brother Abel, and then he was punished. And so what we're talking about is following Adam's line, they had a, a son, and the son's name was Seth. He was the third son, Seth. And, and, and so following the genealogy of Seth, that's where we come to Enoch and the genealogy of Seth, and we're following Genesis 5, follows the line of Seth. All the way to a guy named Noah. I remember Noah. We're talking about Noah, the guy with the ark, the guy with the flood. That Noah. We're following that through. But in the middle of it, we come to this guy by the name of Enoch in this genealogy. And Enoch lived in such a way in his life that, that it's the Bible tells us that, that he did not see death. Now, what, what is that all about? Well, we know that Hebrews 11 said by faith. So, so what set Enoch apart how was he able to live a godly life in an ungodly world? In a time that was characterized by sexual perversion and uncontrolled violence. How many of you know that sounds like today? That's the, kind of, that's the kind of day and age that Enoch lived. He was living in a day and age where people were not following God. They were moving further and further away from God. So what can we learn about Enoch that can apply to our own lives? Well, three principles. Three principles of faith. Principle number one is this. Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked with God. Genesis 5, we're going to read verse 18, then we're going to skip to 21 and read 21 to 24. And it says this, when Jared had lived 162 years, he became the father of Enoch. When Enoch, verse 21, had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Enoch walked faithfully with God, and then he was no more because God took him away. Now, twice it says that Enoch walked with God, walked faithfully with God. And even though in Genesis 4.26 it says that in the days of Seth, when Seth, Adam's son Seth was born, in the days of Seth people began to call on the name of the Lord. That's kind of the beginning of religion. That's the beginning uh, of calling on the name of God, the beginning of faith. Here Enoch was the first man to really uncover the, the delight of walking with God. In fact, I don't know if you realize this, but spirituality in its very earliest years was simply a matter of walking with God. That's what spirituality was. There wasn't, there wasn't physical building churches. There wasn't a temple. There wasn't a tabernacle. There wasn't. It was families. It was households. It was individuals who walked with God, who walked with God. In fact, 
they believed that God wasn't just a, a distant deity, but that he wanted a daily, intimate communion with God. And that's what Enoch found. In fact, the beginning of creation, God wanted a walking partner. Do you know that? I mean, Genesis 3.8 talks about the relationship that God had with Adam and Eve where he was walking, walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Friends, from the very beginning of time, I, I just want you to get this. God was looking for a walking partner. And when Adam and Eve sinned against God, that fellowship had been broken. That walking partner had been broken. When God began to walk and said, hey, it's time for our walk in the cool of the day. It's time for our daily communion. Sin caused Adam and Eve to run and hide. Sin caused Adam and Eve to go and hide. Why? Because their sin caused guilt and caused shame and caused fear. And that's what sin does. Sin causes guilt and shame and fear. And yet God pursued them. And that's what God does with us. Why? Because God is looking for a walking partner, friends. God is looking for a walking partner. God is looking for, you know, have you ever gone on a walk with somebody? You know, oftentimes you see this, I mean, in dating relationships, hey, let's go for a walk, and you hold hand in hand, and it's intimate, right? And you're talking back and forth, and it's wonderful, and you're getting to know each other. There's just something about walking and talking, right, that really grows a relationship. Friends, God is looking for a walking partner. God is looking for a walking partner. How, how do we walk with God? Let me give you three keys. First, you must believe that God is personal. You must believe that God is personal. Why? Because today, the idea of God, the idea of faith, that, that it's like God is some distant deity. That, that God, maybe, maybe there's a creator somewhere, all right? Maybe we can at least agree on that, that there's a, there's a creator, but he kind of created, and then he kind of lets us do our own thing unless there gets really out of control, and then he's just there to kind of slap us and punish us, and, 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 and man, that's it. He's just, he's a judge, you know? He's just, he, yep, that's what he's up there. He's just, a, friends, that's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is personal. The God of the Bible is personal, and, and the, the thing is, we got to believe that the, God, that the God that we serve is personal. Enoch believed that God was personal. He not only believed in a God who had created, but he believed in a God who wanted a personal relationship with him, and that's evidenced by the fact that it says he walked with God. He walked with God. Hebrews eleven six, 6, the very next verse after eleven five, 5, it talks about Enoch says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. Okay, we believe he exists, but it goes beyond that, that he is a rewarder or rewards those who earnestly seek him. The two aspects are this, believing that God exists, but it moves beyond to the personal, that God rewards those who seek him. It means that you have to believe that not only is God real, but God is a responder. That not only is God real, but God is a rewarder. God is a responder. That if I seek him and I seek a personal relationship with God, that he will respond to me. He will respond to the, my, my seeking him. He will respond to that. There's something different. That's something personal. It's something personal. You can believe that somebody is real. Hey, I make communications all the time. Sometimes I'm sending out text messages. Sometimes I'm leaving phone calls and I leave a voicemail message. Sometimes I'm, I, I'm, I'm leaving an email. Sometimes people respond. Other times they don't. I believe they exist, but I don't have any kind of relationship unless there's a response. It's like that in your marriages sometimes. There are some of you, you know your spouse is real, but you're not quite sure because they don't respond. 
A relationship has to deal with responding. Not only real, but a response. And, And that's what Enoch, Enoch's faith was that if he walked with God, God would respond and reward his faith. Part of walking with God was believing that he was personal. Jesus frequently called, uh, he frequently called people to follow me. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That, that's, what he, that's what he invited his disciples. A disciple is a follower of Jesus. Somebody that says, I'm going to walk with Jesus. I'm going to go on a walk with Jesus. I'm going to walk with him. If you're not walking with Jesus, if you're not walking with Jesus, you're not a follower of Jesus. You're not a disciple of Jesus. If you're not walking with Jesus, then you're not a follower of Jesus. And sometimes we walk with Jesus. That's good. I'll walk with Jesus until I don't agree with something that he said. John chapter 6, I mean, we love in John chapter, we love the breaking of the bread and the fish and and the feeding the 5,000. That's awesome. But then later on when Jesus comes back and the crowd just keeps on pursuing him, he says, you're only following me because I fed you. And he comes to them, and he starts telling them, you got to believe in the one. you got to believe in me. And they say, show me a sign. Show me a sign. We want a sign. I just, I just fed 5,000 people, all right, with, with, with some loaves and fish, all right? How many of you can do that, all right? There's a sign. I don't know what you're looking for. You're looking for a sign. What, what kind of sign are you looking for? Listen, and then he gets down to it. He says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you cannot be my disciple. Whoa, what are you talking about? Like, this is weird, Right? No, 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 no. What he's saying is, unless you come my way, as we talked about with Abel last week, Abel was willing to do it God's way. Cain wanted to bring whatever. He brought whatever, but he didn't bring the kind of sacrifice that dealt with sin first. And sometimes we don't want to deal with sin, and you can't walk with God unless you deal with sin. Well, that's what Jesus was telling them. And it says this. This is what it says. Many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. John 6, 66. Walking with, with God means I, don't know, I no longer walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, Romans 8, 4. That I frequently must learn how to walk by faith and not by sight. Well, I can't see God. How can I walk with God? Because you're walking by faith, not by sight. That's why we're warned in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. And Paul urges us in Philippians 3.17 to join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. In other words, okay, can't see God, but find somebody who is close to God and walk like they walk. And you'll learn how to walk with God. But it begins by saying God is personal. God is personal. David, David said this. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. David understood what it was to know God personally. Solomon told, David told his son, he said, And you, Solomon, my son, know God of your father and serve him with a whole heart, a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. David understood the importance of my shepherd having a a relationship with the shepherd. And he said to his son, listen, know God. God is personal and God is knowable. You can know him. He is personal and he wants to be known by you. Paul wrote in Philippians 3.8, indeed, I count everything lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. So walking with God is to know him personally. It's to believe that he is personable and that he is knowable. Secondly, if you want to walk, you've got to be going in the same direction. You ever try to take a walk with somebody and they're not going in the same direction that you're going? 
I want to go right. I want to go left. How many of you know you're not really walking with somebody if you're not walking in the same direction as them, right? For Enoch to walk with God, and then he walked in the same direction where God was going. Amos 3.3 says this, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? The word together here gives the idea of two people moving in rhythm together, kind of rant, riding a, a tandem bicycle. It, 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 it's not God. You know, here, here's what it is. Some, some people's relationship with, with God is, goes like this. I'm going to go my way, God, and my relationship with you will work this way if you get in rhythm with me. All right? So I was in marching band, all right, when I was growing up. I was in marching band, and so we had to learn how to, we had to, learn how to walk. We had to learn how to walk in step. There was a rhythm to it. The, the, the drum line, the drum line would set the tone and set the rhythm, and you had to, you had to follow that rhythm. There was, a, there was a pace. There was a rhythm to it. And there were people that set the rhythm. Let me tell you something. In the relationship with God, God sets the rhythm. There are too many people that are out of step, that are not, not in agreement with God because they're too busy asking God to get in rhythm with them rather than getting rhythm with God. You want to walk with God, you got to get in rhythm with God. You got to learn how to get in agreement with God. And how do you do that? By getting in agreement with what God's word says. It's what God's word says. It's not about your opinion. It's not about your reason. It's not about what you think. It's not whether you say, well, the culture says this and the Bible says this. I don't know if I agree with the Bible. At some point in your relationship with Christ, you've got to say, who am I following? Am I going to follow the culture or am I going to follow the Bible? See, faith in God is not where you get to choose. It's not a choice for you. Well, I like this, love one another, that's great, but I don't like this. Where it says that I, I shouldn't have sex out of marriage. I don't like this. Where it says I shouldn't lie or I shouldn't gossip. Because, I mean, in my reasoning, there's always a reason where that's a good thing to do. I mean, it should be okay sometimes. What, 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 are we following the culture or are we following the Bible? And that, that's what we got to get to. Because a relationship with God and walking, you want to walk with God, you've got to walk according to what his word says. You can't pick and choose. You can't pick and choose. Well, I want to do here, but I don't want to do here. Again, don't bring like Cain, bring any offering you want and think, God, it's going to be acceptable to God. Because of Grace. It's not what grace means. Grace isn't a license to do whatever you want to do, and God ought to be okay with it. We serve a holy God, and as we read right in the beginning, we serve a mighty God, right, who's worthy of our worship. And faith is getting in line, getting in step, and following the Lord. And that's three. We got to stay in step. You got to stay in step. Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years, Genesis 5.22. 300 years in step with God. Each day for 300 years, he just kept on walking with God step by step. Friends, this is a walk. It's not a sprint. It's not a leap. It's not a, okay, I'm here. I'm going to go. This is not like a board game, okay, where all of a sudden you roll the dice and you get to, to leap. All right, I get to go over here. All right, this is a step-by-step -step thing. This is a, this is a, 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 this is a one day at a time. 300 years he walked with God. That was step by step by step by step by step. Very few people make it these days to live 100 years, let alone 300 years, or 365 years. It's step by step. And sometimes we, are, we, we take an initial step. Lord, I know I need you as my Lord and Savior. 
I, I, I pray the prayer of salvation, man, I, and that is a great step. I am not, you, if you took that step, that's wonderful. But some of you, that's the only step you've ever taken. That's not a walk, that's a step. A walk is a, is a, is, is, is a, is steps. It's steps. You, you got to take, but I got baptized. Great. What have you done since? It's steps. Walking with God is steps. It is not just taking an initial step. It's continuing. You know, it, it's saying, okay, God, I've taken those steps. Now, how do you want to use my life? What do you want to do with my life? How, how, do you want, how do you want me to fit into your plan? How can I, how can I bless others? D.L. Moody was telling the story about a man in his church. He kept asking him to do some new things. He said, well, here's an opportunity. Why don't you get involved here? Here's an activity. Why don't you, why don't you get involved here? And the man goes, well, I don't know. You know, I'm aiming to do that. And finally, D.L. Moody got so fed up. He said, well, since you've been aiming, so, you've been aiming long enough, sir, it's about time you fired some of you, you've been aiming. Huh? You have great intentions. The road to hell is paved with good intentions too. You're walking. Are you walking with God or are you walking your own path? You got to stay in step with the Lord. We got to stay in step with the Lord. Why? Because he's personable and he's knowable and God's looking for a walking partner. God wants a walking partner. Principle number two, Enoch was well-pleasing to God. Hebrews 11.5 says that he had this testimony that he pleased God. How many want to be known like that as one who pleased God? <laughs> I don't know if you realize this, but there are actually two people who are named Enoch in, in the book of Genesis. There are two people named Enoch in the book of Genesis. Earlier on in Genesis chapter 4, it gives, a, it gives another uh, genealogy. After Cain had, had killed Abel, he had been sent, sent away. And when Cain was sent away, he had a son. And he named his son Enoch. And the Bible actually says that, that there was a city named after his son, Enoch. There was a city named after him. That's not the Enoch we're talking about. The, he, the Enoch we're talking about here in Hebrews chapter 11 comes from Genesis 5, from the line of Seth. And, and this Enoch, didn't have, he didn't have a city named after him, but it says that he had a testimony that he pleased God. Now, why do I say that? Because you can do all kinds of exploits. You can do all kinds of things. You can get a street named after you. You can get a city named after you. If you do enough good, maybe you can get a statue named after you. You, you can have your name all, everywhere. You have your name in lights. You can have your name all over Facebook. You can have your name all over YouTube. You can try whatever you want for the fame and the glory of man and have a reputation here, a, a reputation of man. That's what the first Enoch, Cain's Enoch, had a reputation with man, a city named after him. But this Enoch, he had this testimony that he was well-pleasing to God. I don't know about you. I, I, don't, I don't care about a city named after me. I don't care about my name in lights. I don't care about the fame and the glory here. I just want to hear those words. Well done, good and faithful servant. I want to be well-pleasing to God. And how are you well-pleasing to God? You got to walk with God. You got to learn to walk with God by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. How, do you, how, do you, how are you pleasing to God? By putting your faith in the substance of God. Putting your faith in God. Putting your faith in Him. Putting your hope in Him. And saying, I'm not going to put my hope in something else. I'm not going to put my hope in someone else. I'm going to put my faith in God. And the way that I live is going to demonstrate that. Because James said, faith without works is dead. 
I'll show you my faith by what I do. And so the things that I do are going to show that my trust is not in my own ability. My trust is not in my job. My trust is not in my spouse. My trust is not in the government. My trust is not in, in, in whoever is a president, whoever's in power, who's ever in the military, whatever. My trust is not in any of those places in the economy. My trust is not in material possessions. My trust is not in my kids. My trust is not in my parents. My trust is in Jesus Christ. That's what faith, faith is acting like that. Hebrews 11, 2, for by it, the people of old received their commendation. By what? By faith. And their faith was shown by their actions and the decisions that they made, and they were commended for it. Abel worshipped by faith. He offered what God required to deal with sin. Cain did not. Abel's offering was accepted. Cain's was not. Enoch believed that God was personable and knowable. He believed that God was real and a responder. And that belief translated into the action, the action of walking with God. So follow me on this. Enoch, he believed God. He believed God. He believed and put his faith in God, a personal God, a real God, a rewarder, which translated into the action of walking with God. And walking with God, he pleased God. And so if we believe God, it ought to translate into the action of our life of walking with God. We trust the Lord, it'll be walking steps, walking in the same direction, staying in step with the Lord. And like Enoch, we'll find ourselves walking in the pleasure of the Lord. Thirdly, this morning, Enoch was a witness for God. He was a witness for God, so he walked with God. He was well-pleasing to God. And lastly, he was a witness for God. As he walked with God, he became a testimony he became a testimony, became a witness. And Enoch lived during a time in human history, as I said before, where people were moving further and further away from what God desired. In the, in the small New Testament letter of Jude, which is only one chapter, it, it says this. Jude writes this concerning Enoch. He says, Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about them. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all of them of all the ungodly acts they have committed in their ungodliness and of all the defiant words ungodly sinners have spoken against him. This is a, this is a prophecy that, 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 that Jude is recounting that came from the lips of Enoch. And what Enoch had witnessed and what Enoch was watching around him was a continued growth in the ungodliness of this world. Ungodliness around him, un ungodliness of defiant words and, and ungodly, ungodly acts. And Enoch didn't stay quiet about it. He took his stand as a witness against the ungodliness and he chose to walk with God even though the culture was not. And if we look at the genealogy found in Genesis chapter 5, there's a, some things that I think you're going to find really interesting here. So stick with me here. Some things that are noteworthy about Enoch's family. One thing, it says that Enoch fathered a man by the name of Methuselah. If you're a student of the Old Testament, you know that Methuselah was the guy that lived the longest out of anybody that the Scripture records. He lived the longest out of anybody that the Scripture records, 969 years old. Wow. Man, that's a lot, isn't it? Second thing, Enoch's bloodline, if you follow it down from the Methuselah and you follow it all the way down, you discover in verse 29 that Enoch was the great-grandfather of a guy by the name of Noah, right? Noah. So let's take a moment and let, let's backtrack. Genesis 5.21 says Enoch was 65 years old when Methuselah was born. 
And verse 22 tells us that after Methuselah's verse, birth, Enoch walked with God 300 years. So there's an implication here, and that is that the first 65 years of Enoch's life, he didn't walk with God. For the first 65 years of his life, we don't know, but it says that when his son, Methuselah, was born, that he walked with God 300 years. And so there's an implication that he wasn't walking with God. So the question is, what changed? What changed? What happened in Enoch's life? Now, certainly, when you're you're a parent for the first time, that'll impact you. That'll change you. When you all of a sudden take a look and, and you see this little life that you're suddenly responsible for, that'll do something to you. But I don't think that's it. Although that's a part of it, I think that God used that as a moment to get Enoch's attention because we learn by the name that he named his son. He named his son Methuselah, and and here's what's interesting. Methuselah's name means this, when he is gone, it will come. That sounds kind of ominous, doesn't it? When he is gone, it will come. Now, I did a little math, and what I discovered was if you follow down through the years, and you take the 969 years that Methuselah lived, and you follow it through, and you see that when, when, when uh, uh, that, that Noah was born, and when Noah was 500, uh, or, or when Methuselah was 500 years old, he birthed Noah, uh, or, or follow it down, somehow along the line, it comes down, at 500 years there's Noah, and when Noah was 100 years old, that's when it says that the flood came in Genesis chapter 6. If you follow that, What you see is the very year that Methuselah died is the year that the flood came, that judgment came. And what it tells me is, is that in that moment, when there was the birth of his son, somewhere along there, God gave Enoch a vision of the destruction that was coming. And when he saw that the days were numbered, when he saw that judgment was coming, In prophecy, he named his son that when he has died, it will come. And for the next 300 years, he began to live his life in light of that knowledge of a coming judgment. He had no idea how long his son would live, but it transformed the way that he walked. And he began to walk his life as a testimony because of what he knew was coming. Friends, if you have faith and you believe in the Bible, then you know that there's a judgment day coming that is appointed for men to to die, once to die, and after that to face judgment. You know that the Bible says that Jesus Christ is coming again and that when he comes again, it's going to usher in a time that's going to be called the great tribulation and there's going to be a time when the wrath of God is going to be poured out. Now listen, I am not in any way trying to, to scare you into a relationship with Jesus Christ, but I want you to know that for Enoch, when he had this vision, when God revealed this to him through the name of his son, it changed the way he lived and it changed the way he walked in light of eternity. And he began to live his life as a testimony. And friends, I, I just want to encourage you today, if you have not been walking with God, Maybe you took an initial step and you, you have given your life, but, but you haven't been walking with him. You haven't been in agreement with him. You have been walking your own way, and you're like this. God's walking this way, and you're walking this way. I want to warn you, no man knows the day or the hour, Scripture says. But yet we have a hope, a living hope that we sang about right before we came in here about Jesus Christ and what he did. But that means we got to get our walk right. That, that light, that, that fact, if we truly believe, now this is the case, 
All right, I'm not saying talking like we believe. I'm not talking about head knowledge. But if you truly have faith that Jesus Christ is coming again, that he could come at any moment, and that the judgment day is coming, if you truly believe that you don't know the hour and you can't control the hour of your death, you don't know, you could leave here today, get in your car, get out on the highway, and boom. And your life altered. If you believe that, what would you do to live differently? See, for 300 years, Enoch walked with God. His revelation, what happened to him, changed him. And it, and it, it tells us that he lived his life in such a way that he was a testimony. And let me tell you how I know he was a testimony. Because his great-grandson by the name of Noah had this testimony written about him. A chapter later in Genesis 6-9, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Somewhere along the line, through the generations, this got passed down. Enoch walked with God, and his testimony got passed down to his son, Methuselah. And Methuselah passed his testimony down to his son, and passed his testimony down to Noah. And Noah walked faithfully, and thank God Noah walked faithfully, because when the judgment time came, there was an opportunity where God looked, and he said, oh, I'm walking. I got a walking partner. His name is Noah. I got a walking partner. His name was Noah. And the other thing that we see is it says that, that, that Enoch kept on walking, kept on walking, kept on walking. It says, and he was no more because God took him. This gives us the hope that if you walk with God, death is not the end. But when it comes, you walk right into eternity with your Savior. Walk right into eternity. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God. The dead in Christ will rise first, and after that, we who are still alive and left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. Friends, death as a believer is just a transition. If you are walking with God in this, in this life, when that time comes, you will walk into eternity with the Savior. It is not the end. The question is, do you believe that? And if you believe that, do you live like you believe that? Do you live like this earth is just temporary? When it comes down to faith, do you believe God? Now, I want to close with just a little illustration. I'm going to invite the worship team to come, and, and we're just going to, we're going to end with worshiping the Lord, and then Pastor Steve's going to come in. But let me just share this illustration. One day, a little girl came home from church, and her mother asked what she had learned in Sunday school that morning. And the little girl said this. She said, our teacher told us about a man named Enoch and how he walked with God. And the mother said, well, hey, why don't you tell me about this Enoch? The little girl told this story, something like this, her own words. She said, it seems every day God would come by and say, Enoch, would you like to take a walk with me today? And Enoch would come out of his tent and he would take a walk with God. He got into a place where he enjoyed walking with God so much that he would be outside his tent at the gate just of his house just waiting every day for God to come by and say, Enoch, come on, let's take a walk. Then one day God said to Enoch, come, let's go for a long walk today. And they walked and they walked and on and on in the late afternoon until Enoch said, well, it's getting late. You know, I better get home. And God said to Enoch, you know what? You're closer to my home than I am to yours. Why don't you come home with me? Let's go home. Let's go to my house. Friends, walk with God. You're walking with God. You don't have to worry about death. You don't have to worry about any of that. Because God will say, you know what? You're walking with me. Come on. Let's go. Let's go to my house.
Come on, let's go. Come on, let's go home. Let's go home. Let's go home. One day, one day we will face the judgment seat. The question is, do we have the kind of faith that walks with God, that believes God, that trusts God, to where that's not something that we fear, but it's something that we look forward to? See, if death and judgment is something that you fear, today's the day to get that right. Today's the day to take that first step in your walking relationship with God. It's the day to take that first step, that first step of saying, okay, Lord, I want to go on a walk with you. I want to begin this walk with you, but there's this thing, sin, and it just keeps getting in the way, and it keeps separating me from you. And you know what? I don't want that to separate me. I want that intimacy with you. So I got to get in agreement with you. And the only way to do that is through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice and by putting my faith in Jesus Christ and saying, Jesus, will you forgive me of my sin? Jesus, will you cleanse me? Jesus, I can't earn it. I can't work for it. I can't be good enough. I just can't do it. So I'm, I'm going to trust what you did for me on the cross. I need your blood. I need your sacrifice because today I want to start a walking relationship with you. And I got to get sin dealt with first. And so are you here today and you want to go on a walk with God? Your first step begins today by saying, forgive me of my sin and cleanse me. That's your first step. That's your first step. Maybe you've done that step, but you're out of alignment. You know you're not walking in step with God. You're not walking in agreement because you've been walking in sin and you've been walking after the flesh. And today you need to repent. You need to get it right. There's grace and mercy. Today's the day. Today's the day. And then as you put your faith in Christ, then you say, okay, i got to live different. i got to walk different. i got to make different choices. How do I do that? I don't know where you're at today, whether it's the first step or whether you need to take a step back towards Jesus. But he's looking for a walking partner. Will it be you? Let's bow our heads. If you're here and you say, I want to take the first step, I need to ask Jesus to come into my life. I need my sins forgiven. And I, 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 I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. I need salvation today. I need his forgiveness today. And I want to begin that relationship. If that's you, will you slip up your hand today? I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Secondly, today, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because you know who you are. But today, if you need to get right, if you need to get some things right with God to walk with Him, it's time to repent. I'm going to pray, but I want you to pray. And the Bible says if you confess your sin, He's faithful and just and will forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's step one. And then the steps after that are saying, God, what is, what is it to walk obediently with you? What do I need? What do I know needs to change? And to take the steps necessary to make the change. With his help, with the help of the Holy Spirit. You don't do it on your own. I'll walk alongside you. Find a, a trusted brother or sister here that, that knows the Lord to walk alongside you. But today is the day to repent. Let's do that. Jesus. <laughs> We need you. We want to walk with you. But, Lord, there's some sin. 
We need to deal with that sin. And so we ask you today to forgive us and to cleanse us. Name it, whatever it is right now, name it. This is, my, this is what I've been doing. I know I haven't been right. I'm not right with you. And ask the Lord to forgive you. Lord, we repent today. We, we got to stop walking in our own direction. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us today and strengthen us today. Forgive us today and let us walk with you. We want to walk and step with you. We want to walk and step with you. Oh, Jesus, we repent today. Forgive us. Cleanse us today. Cleanse us today, oh God, and make us new. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you are encouraged and strengthened by God's word. For more information about Painesville Assembly of God, please visit PainesvilleAG.com.